This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. Uh, it's good to be here. My name is Steve Vickers, and uh, my wife and I founded Passion Church uh, in our home uh, here in Montgomery, and now we have campuses in Montgomery, Alex City, South Haven, uh, Mississippi, and Nashville. And uh, your pastor, uh, Pastor Norris and Cindy Braswell, uh, we've known them. As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Norris uh, came to one of our first home meeting in our home. He and his brother Wayne, who Wayne's in heaven now, uh, and Norris, also your other brother, just passed. And so sorry to hear that. But uh, uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, they started with us in our home, and they've been faithful friends, and labor, co-laborers, and the uh, work of God for so many years, uh, did missions work in La Paz, Bolivia, had a Bible school there, and uh, worked in Argentina, and uh, thank God he came back. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we love your pastors so very, very much, and so believe and trust them. Uh, they are genuine, real and uh, anointed uh, by God. Uh, <clears throat> I also want to just say a big thank you to all of you that work to make these services happen. Uh, you know, it, it, things like this just don't happen. They, uh, it takes a lot of people doing a lot of work. Those that get up early and come in and set up the all the equipment, those that do all the work during this, like the worship team, the sound, the ushers, the uh, greeters, people that set out signs, and children's workers, and all of that. It's a lot of work, and uh, you know, it cannot happen without a team of people who are committed, who are unselfish, who give of themselves so that we all so that others, we all together, can be blessed. Would you stand and give every, all the team members and people that work here a good hand? Come on. <clears throat> now, uh, remain standing. I'd like for, uh, I want to, Everybody that does something in the uh, Passion Church here to remain standing. Everybody else sit down. Well, looky here. That's what I like to see. We've got almost as many standing as we have seating. Uh, you can all be seated now. And I want you to recognize these people. And here's what I'd like to ask you to do on a Sunday morning or, uh, you know, when you come in or when you're going out. If you see one of them, just go up and say, thank you. Uh, and like Pastor Norris was talking about uh, being grateful. Well, we want to be grateful to God. But one way we can really be grateful to God is by being grateful to those that are working for him, that are doing work in his kingdom in some way. And you know what? 
everybody has a job to do. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe that God is real and his son is real, then there's something for you to do that God has for you to do. Not just that we have for you to do, but God has something for you to do. And so I encourage you. You say, well, I don't know what it is on where to start. Well, you know, here's what I found out in life. I'm 70, just celebrated 70 years. Yep. <laughs> My mentor, Pastor Ed Bush, <laughs> no, uh, but uh, here's what I have found. Here is a, a simple truth. We've heard it, but I'm telling you what to say, absolute truth. You say, I don't, know where to, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Start where you are. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Do what your hand finds to do. Do something. Do something lest you do nothing. You know, life is passing you by. Do something other than what you get paid for doing. All right? Uh, do something for God. Just say, and here's what I would recommend. Just go up to the pastor or, or one of the other people you see that stood or someone you see working and say, listen, I want to get involved. I want to do something. And, you know, I started out, uh, I just met the Lord, and an older man, he was a cobbler, an old, old man uh, that I could tell you a wonderful story about. I didn't know him, but he came up, and he saw I'd just gotten saved in the church just gotten saved, uh, been like uh, I got saved on a Sunday night, and and uh, within a few days he came up to me at one of the next services and said, "I want you to be on the usher team." And well, I thought you had to, you know, go through a lot of stuff and learn a lot of things and know how to speak Christianese and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I didn't know any of it, you know. And uh, he said, "I said, well, I don't know what to do." He said, "Don't worry." He said, I'll teach you everything. But you know what? He taught me a whole lot more than uh, learning how to do an usher and pass a bucket and all that. I watched him when he worshiped. I watched him when he prayed in the service. I watched him how he was with women. I watched him how he was with the men. I watched him how he was with the kids. I watched him when he had to correct someone that was out of order, you know, acting up or something. I watched him. I learned so much about being a Christian man, about what, how a man, a Christian man is supposed to act by just working in that team as ushers. You know, I think when I get to heaven, he's going to tell me, that was my plan all along. <laughs> I don't think he was concerned about teaching me how to pass a bucket or hand out uh, uh what do you call those things? Yeah, the whatever the things are. Offering envelopes and the brochures or whatever it is you get on Sunday morning uh, service bulletin, you know. I think he was really wanting to help me uh, grow up as a Christian. So, and if you are one that is working, why don't you... Do what he did. Find somebody that isn't and say, listen, I want you to come help me. I want to recruit you. Because I'm telling you, the best way to grow in God is not just by going to church, but it's becoming the church. It's becoming involved. Listen, whatever you get involved in, you get more out of. Amen? Amen. Well, my time is going, and so we got to move along here. Oh, you got a good clock up here. Wow, that's pretty cool. There we go. All right. Somebody can remind me to look at it again. I want to talk to you this morning for a little while about the recipe for peace. 
the recipe for peace. Now, <clears throat> peace is defined as freedom of the mind. We sing that song, uh, I'm free, free to run, free to live, free to dance, free to live for you. Peace, freedom of the mind from annoyance, distraction, and anxiety. A state of tranquility, calmness, calmness. Say that word with me, calmness. Let's just say calm, calm. Now say peace, peace, peace. Touch someone where you're on the shoulder or if you're not if you don't know them, but if you do know them, touch them on the hand. And I want you just to say that word, peace, when you touch them, peace. You remember, the Bible talks about when you go to someone's house, you can say, peace be with this house. Peace. But you know, it's, um, that's a definition. But really, you and I, how we define peace is, how we feel, don't we? That's how we define it. Uh, you, you walk in places and you feel peace. You walk in other places, other homes, and you feel agitation, discord, uh, emptiness, whatever it may be. You know what I'm talking about. And you don't have to be saved. You don't have to be a Christian, mature Christian, even since that. You know, we sense it. You know, um, uh, I used to ride horses, and Denise and I would go up, and we were in this thing, the Ellick City Riding Club, Alexander City, and we'd ride, and uh, they'd have weekend things where you'd go and do all that, you know, all the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday thing. And, of course, we always had to leave Saturday night so we could be back in church on Sunday, but we'd go on that. And uh, there'd be, we'd go on these uh, trail rides. And, you know, uh, like some, every so often, there'd be someone that didn't, know about riding, was unsure about the horse, and they were not at peace. And the horse, the horse, the horse sensed their unrest. And the horse became unrestful, agitated, and acted up. And they would, they would think they got a bad horse, and one of the trail guides, you know, the guys that are in charge, would come up and say, Calm down. The horse senses you're uneasy. Just be calm, and the horse will sense that. Peace is powerful. Peace is powerful. If a horse can sense it, if you and I can learn to live in peace internally, to where inside me there is not a war raging, there's not agitation, there's not aggravation, there's not irritation, there's not unrest, but there's peace, then the people around us, whether they are believers or not, the people around us, the environment around us, will pick up on that, that actual, that presence in us, that peace. Isn't it something that a home, the atmosphere of a home, the atmosphere of a home or of a, a, a workplace or of a church, the atmosphere, the very atmo the molecules, the air, the atmosphere, isn't it something that it can even absorb and react and respond and sense 
peace. Isn't that amazing? We don't realize how powerful this thing called peace is. It sounds passive and it's anything but peace. You know, what did Jesus say when the storm was raging? What's the first word he said? Peace. He could have just, why didn't he just say be still? No, because all of nature, God created all of nature, including you and I, but all of nature, all, everything in nature is made up of these, uh, of atoms, you know, molecules. And every one of those sees sense Peace, everyone was made to operate and function best in an, in an environment of peace. So Jesus said, peace, be still. Peace, be still. See, in our lives and whatever we're facing and whatever we're going through, what other loved ones or friends or people we know may be going through, you know what? It would be great if we took, if we would just do like Jesus and say to them, peace. Why don't you touch that person again and say, peace. Peace. Isn't it something, you know what we call sickness? We call it disease. It's actually, do you know what it is? It's a compound word, dis-ease or a lack of peace. Your body, your physical body is not at peace. And so, and if you have sickness, it isn't. Because your immune system goes to war, goes to war. War has been declared in your body by your immune system. There's no peace there. That's why it's good for those around you to say, peace. Peace. See, that's why he said you'll be in health even as your soul prospers. What did you know about there? He's not talking about, you can't put gold into your soul, literal gold or silver, but you can put peace in there. Peace to your soul, peace. Uh, you know, Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, in the late afternoon, just at, at dusk. I remember years ago, we were down uh, at the beach on a vacation. My wife and I, Destin there, we were actually staying at uh, her sister Janice's uh, cottage on the beach there. And uh, I came outside, and I was, it was uh, dusk. I'd been at the beach playing all day with the kids and everything. And uh, so Denise was inside fixing something to eat, and I walked outside and, and just standing there, and I said, my favorite time of the day. Well, I didn't know anybody heard it. And a guy standing on a balcony at a little cottage just next to it, he said, that is the truth. I love this time of day. And you know what? I think God marked it because it was the time he and Adam. It's the time of day he chose to come down from heaven and to walk with Adam. Adam, his son, his, the, the man that he had made. He would come down in the late afternoon. What, can you imagine being at work all day? You've been working all day. You're hot, you're tired. The sun's going down. And all of a sudden you hear a voice that calls your name. And you turn around, Steve. And there stands God. <laughs> there stands God. And he said, I made some fresh lemonade. 
Hey, you laugh. I don't doubt it. I believe it. And God said, let's go for a walk. Let's walk together. You know, really, the Bible, when it talks about Jesus calling the disciples, do you know what the literal translation says? Or literally, he said to them, he didn't, we read, follow me and I will make you. You know what he literally said? Come walk with me. Let's go for a walk together. Why would Jesus say that? Because that was God's desire in the beginning for him to be able to come down and walk with man. All right? Can you imagine the peace? Don't you think Adam felt like, hey, everything is all right. Everything is great. I mean, he and God are walking together, and God gave him a glass of lemonade too. God said, you know, isn't something God says, be still. Be still. Still your mind. Still your soul. Be still. Be calm. Be quiet. Be at peace. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Yeah, but I'm listening to worship music. Turn it off. I'm listening to the preacher. Turn him off. Not right now. Turn it off. And learn to practice peace. All right? And know that I am God. See, we all need those times when we just stop. We get off the miracle round and we just stop for a moment. And we let our spirit, our soul, and our mind become calm and we let peace begin to enter in. And it's in those times that we can know that he is God. Oh, I know we all know it mentally. I'm talking about knowing it in every fiber of your being. All right. You know, when God walked with Adam, God, if God was to tell you what he really desires for man, it would be what Adam felt and how Adam was in that moments when he and God walked together. You say, but (laughs) that's great, but that ain't life today. Have you looked at the news? You see all the stuff going on? Well, let me say this first about the news. You understand, good things don't sell on news. How long do you think Fox or CNN or MSNBC or any of them would last if they came on? Today, Shirley baked a cake and brought it over to Sally whose husband was in the hospital. And John went and paid the electric bill for so-and-so. You know, after a while, people say, tell me something bad. (laughs) We do. You know, they said, a lot of wrecks happen around wrecks. You know why? Because people like to see the destruction. Oh, wow, they're looking at it. See, that is the world we live in. That is the world we live in. But there's another world God wants you to learn to live in. In practice before you get there. He wants you to live in a part, a piece of heaven in your life, around your life, before you ever get there. I want to read something to you here. Because we're just going to 
look at how we can. And you know, the Bible tells us what God wants, what he longs for, for us. I remember when I got saved and I, 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 it was amazing. I was 24 years of age. I've been in drugs and alcohol and uh, I was uh, uh, playing rock music you know, with a band traveling and, uh, and all that and doing all kinds of stuff. My life was a mess. I got saved. I'd, my wife was, uh, you know, she was always preached to him and everything and stuff, but I thought that's great for her. I literally thought some people are born good, some are born bad. I was the last. I was born bad. She was born good, great for her, that's not me. We used to joke well, with our, you know, one another, hey, you know, when we all die, we're going to hell, it's going to be party time there, man, you know, but uh, the only time we knew good was when we smoked something or took something or did something to give us a little peace, fabricated. When I got saved, though, my life was so changed, I thought I'd never, I'd tried to read the Bible before, but it didn't make sense, you know? But all of a sudden, it was like my eyes were open. All of a sudden, it was like I could read. It's like I had these glasses on or something, and I do right now, uh, that I could read with. And so I started reading, and before I know it, I would start reading at, when Denise and I would go to bed, and the next thing I know, the sun would be up. And the next night, I'd start reading, and I'd be up almost all night again. And I'd wake Denise up all during the night, and I'd say, Hey, did you know the Bible says? And she'd say, Steve, please, we've got to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. i got to work. you got to work. And I'd say, Yeah, but let me read it to you. She'd say, I've read it before. I go to sleep. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's amazing. And God tells us right in here how we can live in peace. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can comprehend or understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to unpack this for just a few moments here. Paul starts out and he gives us a recipe for living a life of peace. A life of peace. You know, uh, what is it? that uh, uh, every Miss America contestant says when she gives her speech. I want world peace. World peace. Well, I'm going to tell you what. That starts with you. It starts with me. And it starts inside us experiencing the peace of God. So he says, Paul says, rejoice. Be full of joy and rejoice. Be full of joy. I don't feel joy, but be full of it. But I don't feel joy. I didn't ask you what you felt. I said, be full of joy. 
All right, by faith, sometimes you have to take the word of God at every time, but you have to take these things by faith. By faith, I accept joy. I want you to say that with me. By faith, I receive joy. Now, now, because I believe, I have faith, and I have joy. All right, so... And you need to tell yourself that sometimes. Sometimes get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror before you go to work and say, I'm full of joy. You see, don't, I didn't say, see how you feel. I said, say what you know. Say what you believe, not what you feel. All right, I have joy, I'm full of joy. Rejoice means to be glad and happy. Don't worry, be happy. All right, it is a, listen, it is a choice we make not because of our circumstances, but in spite of them. Because our hope is not in what I see or feel, but it's in God. Okay? I hope in Him, therefore, I take joy. It's a choice I make. You know, there's a guy wrote a book, Happiness is a Choice, and it really is. See, it's not in what we feel, it is in Jesus Paul said for us to be full of joy in the Lord. The, lo- the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. And he gives his joy to us. Second, he says, be considerate. Okay, he says, number one, he said, rejoice. Be full of joy. Be happy. Be happy. Everybody, Look at me and say, I'm happy. Say it again. Okay. Now, we're not talking about the happiness of the world. We're talking about happiness that is born out of the joy of the Lord in us. If you dwell on that enough, if you say that enough, if you believe in it, you will start getting happy. You will. Be considerate. Paul says the next thing is be considerate because the Lord is near. Be considerate. You know what that means? Oh, I'll tell you what. I wish that all of God's people would learn this because sometimes God's people just aren't real nice. And it's sad. They can tell you what's wrong. You know, if you're going around pointing out what's wrong in everybody, all you're saying is, I've got a whole lot of problems and I can't get rid of them, so I'm going to point yours out. I promise you, any preacher that all he talks about is what's wrong, he's telling you, I'm ate up with problems and I can't get past them. I can't get over it. I could show you that again and again historically. I'm telling you, we ought to be people of hope and peace and, and going around making people feel respected and, and kind to people. Denise and I were in Santa Fe and we were talking to these young guys from over in the Middle East, and they were from uh, Iraq and Iran, and, and uh, aren't we fighting them or something, you know? Hey, we were standing there talking, to them, and there were Muslims. And they, they said, we like you. And they said, Are, do you live here? And we said, no, we're visiting. And they said, oh, well, and we said, we're, but we're, we're going to come back. And they said, we want to fix dinner for you and have you over. Now, what if we'd been kind of, oh, no, these are Muslims. And that's contagious, isn't it? I don't want to get Muslim on me. 
I looked at, we looked at them. We were, you know, Denise is being a mama to them and all this, and they'd left their family. And they just, I'm telling you, they just were like melted butter. They just came right. You know what? I told Denise, I said, we could come here and just start having some uh, uh, Bible study and, uh, you know, just start loving on people. You know, if you'll, if you'll be kind, it's amazing how you will affect lives. Be kind to your family. Pastor Norris's brother just died. My brother died February. My younger brother. Uh, I'll tell you, be kind to people. Be kind. Be kind to the waitress. That means give her a good tip. Give her a good tip. That's part of giving, if you're a giver. Be kind to people. Your family. You want to win your family that isn't saved? Don't show them how separated you are. Show them how kind and loving you are. Isn't it something the Old Testament never spoke of God being, He is separate. He is separate. He is, says, His loving kindness. His loving kindness. His loving kindness. God again and again talked about my kindness because I love you. I love you. Be kind to people. Everyone you pass on this journey in life, you never know how a kindness you do can affect their life. We're talking about, you said, oh wait, I thought this was about me and how I can have peace. It is. It is. And then he says, so he says, rejoice all the time. Be full of God's joy. Be considerate. Be kind to people. Say this with me. I will be kind. kind. Say it this way. I am kind. kind. All right. Now, start practicing that with yourself. Be kind to yourself. But I'm not what I should be. Well, no, you're not. And neither am I. And neither is anybody in this room. If you are, you're, you're already dead. <laughs> or you should be anyway. No, we're never all that we should be. If Paul said, I haven't arrived, neither have we. Christianity's a journey. I'm on a way. See? All right. Then he says, don't worry about anything. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Paul. That's back when, you know, you didn't have car payments, house payments, food wasn't that expensive, and the world wasn't going to hell in a handbasket like it is now. No. Paul, you know, they lived under all kinds of things going on. Paul said, don't worry about anything. But you say, how in the world can we do that? Well, he tells us. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Learn to pray. If all of a sudden you feel worry, what are we, I don't know, you know, oh, we spent too much. Why'd you you do that on the visa? Wait, wait, wait. Lord, I thank you. You give us wisdom. (laughs) 
and you provide all our needs. Pray about everything. I love how simple Paul made this. How simple he made prayer. This, the simplicity of the Bible is amazing. And Paul said this. He said, here is prayer. Tell God what you need and then thank him for everything he's done. Let me say it again. Tell God what you need, then thank him for all he's done. Listen, the Bible says God already knows what you need, but go ahead and tell him. Tell him, God, I need this or I need that. Okay, and tell him. And then say, Lord, thank you. Lord, I need a raise. Or Lord, I don't know how we're going to make the payments now because I lost my job and I need, that, I need a job. Or Lord, my wife needs healing. Lord, my child is not doing right. He's running away from you and he's in wrong things. I pray for him, Lord. Now I just want to thank you, God, for how good you've been to me. God, you've been so good. God, every good thing I have, you have given Every, good, every right thing in my life, it's you, God. Just, you know, just take a moment and thank God. And then say amen. Say amen. All right? You prayed. And that's prayer. And then finally, Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is good. Now, what he's saying is, you've got to dial the channel in. You know, like if you're riding your car and there was some kind of music you hated that was really bad or something, you wouldn't sit there and start, oh my God, God, please, please change the channel. God, please. God, I can't listen to this. I can't listen to this. God, please help me. Well, now you just push a button. Change the channel. Everybody say, change the channel. Don't let your thoughts dwell on wrong things. Don't dwell on what's wrong. Don't dwell on what people have done to you. Don't dwell on what you've done. Don't dwell on all of those things. Don't dwell on what's not going right. Don't quit. Dwell on, find something good. Find something good. Say this with me. I will always look for the good. Say it again. Now, in people and in circumstances and in life. I will always look for the good. The Bible says, as a person thinks, that's what they become. So if I always think on the bad, I'm going to become a part of the problem. But if I always think on good, I'll become a part of the solution. When we dwell on what is wrong, our life begins to go that way. You know, I was uh, talking... We were down at the beach uh, with family celebrating because my second daughter and her birthday and mine are the same day. She was born on my birthday. And uh, we were down there and uh, I wa- we were talking about uh, something that was going on. And I said this, I said, you can't continually talk about what's wrong and your life not go that direction. I said, you've got to find what's right 
Because what you dwell on is where you'll live. All right? Our thoughts are the birthing chamber of our future. Our thoughts are the birthing chamber of our future. Change your thoughts and you change your life. Change your thoughts, you change your life. Change your thinking, you change your life. God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Paul said, rejoice and be happy. It's a choice. Be considerate. Be kind to people. Don't worry. Pray. Think on good things, and God's peace will fill your life. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well with my soul. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.